0: Well, welcome to the Desire Truth podcast. I'm joined by Liv Chapman, who is a member of EMU Music, a group that we've been greatly encouraged with uh, throughout this online church season. Uh, Liv, why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, a little bit about you and your background.
1: Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Liv Chapman. Um, You might hear I've got a bit of a twang. I'm originally from Sydney, Australia, but I have worked and lived in Oxford for nearly six years. Now, currently, I wear two hats. One of my hats is to work for Emi Music, um, where a ministry that exists to equip and encourage the church in biblical, beautiful gospel songs. Um, and my other hat that I wear part of the week is the music minister at St Ebbs, which is my local church.
0: Uh, St Ebbs being Bon Roberts Church.
1: That's right, in Oxford, yeah.
0: So if anyone doesn't know who Vaughn Roberts is, he's written several books. Um, If you're part of Lincoln Baptist, you'll have seen some of his books on our bookstall. I highly recommend go online and uh, grab some of Vaughn's books. Well, you mentioned uh, emu music. Well, let's let's bring that into the conversation. Uh, During our online church season, we've been using... Um, emu worship music videos I think I asked a few church members what are their favorites and the three that came out was uh, your word uh, praise my soul the king of heaven and praise the lord Uh, that was the kind of three choices from the church Um, obviously you've got a whole host of resources on the website the emu music youtube channels over seven thousand subscribers tell us more about emu music and how it all came to be
1: yeah thanks Uh, We're actually celebrating our 20th birthday this year, which is very exciting. Um, Emu Music began as a small cluster of um, people at Bible College who saw a need in the local evangelical churches in Sydney to be singing good gospel songs. Um, And so it began initially as a network to get those kind of homegrown gospel songs out to different churches with recordings and resources like that but over the years they realized that actually the need was wider than that there was a need to train church musicians not stylistically not so much musically but actually biblically in what god has to say about christian singing and church music and so um, yeah, For the last 15, 16, 17 years or so, um, one of the main parts of our ministry has been training and resourcing church music all over the world. Not just with songs that we write, but also with conferences and we lead at events um, and that kind of thing. So that's yeah, a little bit about EMU.
0: Uh, we had a, a recent podcast with Nathan Drake, a, a guy that runs Reawaken Hymns. And one of the things he was saying was, Actually, your choice of songs are incredibly important because uh, when people leave the church, they might forget the sermon, but they'll have those tunes and those songs in their head and they'll be memorizing them. And so good, sound doctrinal songs are important. Um, Just mentioning some of the songs you write and some of the songs you choose. um, Tell us a little bit about the process of writing songs. Um, Do you write songs yourself? Do do others write the the songs in any music?
1: Yeah, um, at EME Music, just like your friend was saying, um, we believe that at the heart of Christian singing is the word of Christ. That's what Colossians 3.16 tells us, um, that it's the word of Christ that dwells richly among us as we sing to one another and admonish and teach and encourage one another. Um, and so the songs that we write are to serve that purpose. Uh, we want our songs to be full of the word of Christ, good for teaching, beautiful, that stir heart and mind, uh, and kind of fuel a life of thanksgiving, which is where Paul ends up in Colossians three seventeen. that all that we do w- would cause us to, yeah, give thanks uh, to God the Father through the Lord Jesus. Um, so as a ministry, we write songs. I'm one of those songwriters. Um, I work with my colleagues who are songwriters, and we also have a wider pool of songwriters who just, you know, throw in their songs and send them in. And um, each year when we put an album together, we have kind of a cluster of songs from around the world and from our friends around the world. Um, and those songs come about ooh, through a whole number of ways. Um, you know, one of the things we do is kind of write to a passage or write to a theme. We might have a conference come to us, like Keswick Convention might say, we've got a conference on Dr. Doctrine- scripture can you write a song for that or we've got a doctrine on lo- uh, a conference on longing can you think of a song for that so we sometimes we try and write to a particular theme other times we'll think about what songs the church needs particularly in different seasons um your word which is one of the songs you mentioned was was written for a conference on the doctrine of of scripture and we thought yeah there aren't that many songs about the bible Um, can we use what the Bible says about the Bible to teach one another about what the Bible says about the Bible? And that's how that song was born. Um, You named a couple of hymns too. We're very passionate about um, keeping hymns alive for the next generations. And part of that means that um, we rearrange them slightly. We want to keep the melody Um, more often than not because those melodies are familiar and often very beautiful and our older brother and sisters and saints before us will know those tunes. But um, with the rate of harmonic progression and all the chords that are often built into STAB hymns, um, lots of church bands can't play that. So one of the things we love to do is take these old hymns and freshen them up a little, make them more accessible for a, you know, for a piano, guitar, cajon kind of combo to make sure that churches don't just ditch hymns because they feel they can't play them. We really want to keep them alive for churches to be singing.
0: And I think often churches will want to uh, kind of move that direction of getting rid of hymns because they see it as not modern and therefore not going to attract young people where actually you can take those uh, hymns then the richness of the words and, as you say, the the tunes that we know um, and actually make them contemporary by just changing a few things um you mentioned Keswick Convention I I remember reading that you the performances that you did in in leading the conference I think it was in 2020 uh, during the the COVID-19 pandemic you were in the pencil factory I believe how was that um, in this big empty pencil factory
1: yeah it was um, it was a, it was a great three days. We recorded about twenty five songs <laughs> over the, over two and a half days in this construction site. Um I had a very cool vibe about it. We worked with a fantastic team. um and it was just wonderful to play again and and sing, actually, because by that point church hadn't been meeting um in a long time, and I was recording with um a, a couple of others from church in our office, <laughs> you know, to for everyone to be watching online. So it was wonderful to play with the band again and sing my heart out in this kind of abandoned construction site. Um, and we were so pleased that that um, was received well and has become a good resource for churches.
0: Yeah, and again, going back to the the, the style of music as well, is that you've got this abandoned factory worksite site. But what came out was the words of the songs. And that's what people needed, is that encouragement. As you say, I think it was the Keswick Convention, at your word video that we've been using. And that particular one just speaks volumes in this time where we're searching for answers. And we need to go back to the Bible for those answers. But for some people, they access that through through song, through singing. Um, so we've been really encouraged by that. Uh, talking about COVID-19 and uh, pandemic, how has that impacted uh, the group? emu music um your role at st Hebs, how how has that been over the last year
1: yeah i mean we couldn't have foreseen it could we <laughs> um for emu every single event we had for the year was canceled we had um i mean amazingly we were actually in um in singapore and malaysia in january 2020 which just seems a lifetime ago Um, And we came back excited and ready for a full year of events and teaching and training and conferences and very steadily, almost overnight, um, all those things were cancelled. And that has hit us really hard as a ministry. That's our main source of income, Um, obviously, with the way that people consume music nowadays. We used to sell albums, (laughs) and now we get 0.004 pence per stream. So music is no longer the way that we can support our staff team. It's our conferences. And so that became difficult for us as we realized we had to rethink how we served and helped churches. And wonderfully, God opened up this new way for us to resource churches, um, which was that churches were online online. And it's really hard to do online music. Uh, we discovered that very quickly, having to do it for St. Ebbs. I was like, wow, this is really tough to get good quality, um, music and videos to help people sing at home. And so we realized that EMU could meet this need and we could do it accessibly, um, and give it to people for free because that was what, what churches have needed over this season. And, um, yeah so we realized wow this is great we can we can make these song leading videos and we were very keen to keep teaching in some respects and informing churches on how to manage these new challenges so we began a series of webinars um we just had our latest webinar last week on um hymns the power and problem of hymns which went really well we've had a yeah number of panelists come on to help us think about online church and doctrine in church and how to do music well how to lead on a video that kind of thing so wonderfully God has opened up lots of opportunities we could never have seen it and he's still provided for us financially but it's it's been tough to kind of rethink how we do the ministry this year yeah
0: and certainly fully agree how difficult it is to do online church and specifically worship what we found is I think at the start of lockdown in March 2020 the resources that were out there were mainly performance videos and performance um, lyrical videos and things so they were quite hard to sing along to and I can remember March and April being not a very pleasant couple of months online church trying to figure out everything so we're we're so grateful that, that groups like EMU Music have made that effort to switch um, it is a difficult uh, thing to switch from something you were doing to something new. But uh, you mentioned about support. If, if people do want to support EMU Music, they can go onto the website and donate through uh, the website to Emu Music. So if anyone's listening and you want to do that, do bless the ministry, uh, just head to Emu Music website and you'll be able to do so. Um, Changing tact a little bit, um, you produced various Christmas videos. We love them. We use them uh, in our services at Christmas time. Do you have any plans for Easter videos um, and anything coming up that we should be aware of?
1: It's a great question. Uh, We normally try and release an easter single which we will be doing this year um we release one album a year and that normally comes around september october so our last album creation awaits um came out in october and we have a great kind of easter single called hallelujah on there um if you're keen to check that out um, and this coming Easter, won't say which one we're releasing, but we're excited um, to begin releasing songs from this new album. Uh, it's an album that's been in the works for ages. We have wanted to release this album maybe for five years. Um, it's an album that is called Joy in Sorrow, and it's basically an opportunity for us to sing about sad stuff, <laughs> to sing about the hard things, and to sing songs that lift our eyes to the Lord Jesus in the midst of that um, difficulty. And we kind of had put the album off for a long time because we had a few strong songs, but we thought oh, a whole album of like mopey songs could be a bit much. But we realized that actually wonderfully through COVID, our songwriting has been so informed by the need of for God's people to cry out to God from this terrible state of sadness and suffering and brokenness and that the bible wonderfully gives us permission to do that gives us the vocabulary particularly in the psalms and so this album is a mixture of laments it's a mixture of praise some of those songs those two things walk side by side which wonderfully the bible permits and shows us again that um, joy and sorrow do walk side by side in the christian life they're totally compatible and they don't cancel out each other um, and so, yeah, that's our upcoming album. We recorded it last year in that stretch when things were a little, <laughs> little more relaxed before the second lockdown came in. So that album's recorded, and um, yeah, our first single from the album was out a couple of weeks ago, called "Sorrow Fades."
0: It reminds me of the uh, verse from Paul: "To live is Christ, and to die is gain." There is both joy. And there's that little bit of tinge of sorrow of there will be death. Um, Also reminds me of uh, another group, New Scottish Hymns. I'm Scottish, so I always think of Scottish people. Mm -hmm. Um, New Scottish Hymns um, did a song called Death May Approach. And it's essentially their view of it is that death doesn't need to be sad for the Christian. And in fact, actually, it's joy for the Christian. It's a kind of mix of both. um, Sadness of leaving this world, but joy of, of our eternal kingdom that we're going to. So Um, An an album of sorrowful songs sounds actually good. Um, I think the the non-Christian world might find that strange, but for us, that's um, a positive, a joy. Um, Thinking about you yourself, um, how and what lessons have you learnt through um, the COVID-19 pandemic personally?
1: It's been a tough year, personally. Uh, Before COVID kind of hit, my brother died after a very long battle with cancer and various secondary diseases that was in February so just a year ago Um, and I could never yeah have seen what my first year without Sam would look like Um, you know I think honestly he wouldn't even believe it if he was if he was still alive and seeing this world Um, but something that living with a chronically ill brother and best friend taught me um and something that covid-19 has reinforced is that we make our plans but we need to hold them like this with very soft hands because the lord is sovereign he overrules his plans are good and perfect and we can make our plans all we want but i think we've all learned in covid that um yeah we just need to trust the lord with our plans Um, And we need to trust that he's good because hard times can cause us to doubt and question his goodness and his love for us. Um, But wonderfully, he has shown me again and again this past year um, the depth and certainty of his great love for me in the Lord Jesus. Uh, And so it's been a really tough year, not just professionally, relationally but kind of emotionally and spiritually um, one of the toughest and I'm grateful that um, even in the midst of a pandemic I know that the Lord is my shepherd and he has walked beside me um, in that valley and by the still waters as well.
0: We do a a daily reading program here at Lincoln Baptist and this week we've just hit Psalm 23 um, and just reminding ourselves that that even in the darkest days, that the Good Shepherd is still very much there, very much protecting us and guiding us. And the question is not about where is God, the question is, are we drawing ourselves away or towards God in, in this season? Um, thinking about your church role at St. Ebb's, uh, maybe thinking about advice to other churches, other uh, church leaders to our church, uh, what advice, um, specifically when it comes to worship, uh, would you give to churches right now?
1: Oh, it's a it's a tough time to to be a church. And I think something that we're trying to acknowledge for our congregations, you know, we have some people in the building, lots of people at home, is that it's right to acknowledge the grief of not being able to meet together, of not being able to sing, of not being able to have fellowship, of not being able to be hospitable and open our homes. It's good that we grieve those things. It's good that we long for those things to start again. Uh, It's right, we should be feeling that way. And it's good to acknowledge, um, yeah, that we're feeling that way. Um, And something that Vaughn said to us right at the start of lockdown, which has stayed with me ever since was that The feeling that we've got in our hearts to want to meet again together and sing at the top of our lungs and chat to each other after and have a coffee together afterwards. Let that longing always be in our hearts for the true church around the throne of the Lord Jesus in the new creation. Like that's how much we should long for that heavenly gathering. As much as we long for this little earthly gathering to get back together, we should also long for that heavenly gathering um, and so, I mean, I don't have much good advice, but I think it's good to grieve what we can't do at the moment. Church experience is impoverished. We, it's okay to acknowledge that uh, we long for the day when we can meet together, sing together, have fellowship together, um, and let it push us towards longing for that ultimate gathering of the church as well.
0: I was about to say, that's that's great advice. I I wouldn't put that advice down. That's fantastic advice for for us. I think often we're trying to search for making online church good. You know, we want want a reason to say, this is great. This is fantastic. Don't put it down. God is doing such great things. And he is. He absolutely is. But we know, as you say, that there is a deeper longing that we want to get back. And, And that, to some extent, is our witness to the world right now that actually we want to get back together. We want to sing. And, and I think that is an encouragement. It's interesting you say about longing for that heavenly realm, that time we have together. Um, in terms of yourself, what are you longing for in in this world? Obviously, you mentioned about going back to sing, Um you're currently not in the UK. You're um, away uh, back. Uh, do I do a call at home? Do I, you know as UK home is is Australia home? Which one's home?
1: <laughs> I think probably. I still feel that Sydney is my home. Okay. Oxford is my second home, but Sydney is my heart home.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, no one from St. Ebbs and Oxford are are listening into this. <laughs> but what are you personally uh, longing for in the next couple of months um, in terms of your own personal faith and? Um, where are your growth points you're seeking uh, that we can be praying for in the future as well?
1: Thank you. Uh, well, on a personal side, um, I'm so thrilled to be home. It was really touch and go for a while. Um, I haven't been with my family um, together for a year since Sam died, and that has made the grieving process really difficult. Even when things like when lockdown came in, couldn't hug, people and grieve with them and um that was so so difficult and so being able to be with my family is such a joy um and I'm looking forward to like the spiritual and emotional refreshment that will give me the opportunity to grieve and chat and just you know be with my family here um also wonderfully I'm getting married this year god willing if weddings (laughs) Get back on the picture. I'm marrying a wonderful man, Jonti, Been friends for ages, um, and he uh, was hoping to come and study at Moore College, which is a theological college in Sydney, in January this year, so just a couple of weeks ago. But he's a Brit, and foreigners aren't allowed in the country. So, again, like I was saying, you make your plans, but you hold them like this. Jonti and I have totally had to change our plans for the year. Um, so we're hoping to get married in the summer. would love your prayers for that. Um, on a work side, kind of a hopes for the year, um, we've got a few kind of staff changes and big things happening for EMU. Um, one of my colleagues, Alana, has moved back to Sydney permanently. She's just had a little boy a few days ago, which is exciting. And so the shape of the team and the geography of the team um, is going to look very different this year. Um, so pray for us as we navigate that. Um, and as we seek to just adapt to these ever-changing circumstances for our ministry, we want to be as useful and as helpful for churches and church musicians, um, but it's very hard to plan. And so we don't really know where to go um, or how to yeah, make plans uh, for where to be. And pray for us as we um, yeah, seek to raise up more partners to pray for us and to support us Um, because we're a small team, we've got lots to do and we need God's help and God's help through his people to do that.
0: Absolutely. And before I forget, I should say congratulations to both you and and clearly Alana as well, having had um, a a little baby. If I don't say congratulations, I'll get told off from my wife to forgetting these sort of things you're meant to say at these moments. Um, That seems so (laughs) insincere and clearly I'm going to get told off for this um, when she listens back to it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Before I come to uh, praying for you and the ministry, I've just got some quick fire questions. Um, These questions are coming from our church members, uh, just a few folks that have sent in a few things. So first thing that comes to your mind, uh, they're not meant to be uh, deep uh, in any form of way. Um, So what Christian music groups do you personally listen to?
1: Oh, I love Sovereign Grace. I think. One of my favourite, like, chill listening albums is Of Dirt and Grace by Hillsong United. Um, I I mean, I don't listen to heaps of Christian music, but if I were to listen to good congregational stuff, it would probably be along the lines of Sovereign Grace, yeah.
0: Okay, super. Uh, a book you've recently read?
1: I just finished Gentle and, Low, Gentle and Lowly by Day at Watland. Um, which was wonderful. I was reading it in my quiet times along with Matthew. Highly recommend it.
0: Super. Favorite Bible verse. That seems to come up every single time in Christian interviews. Favorite Bible verse.
1: Mm. It's a hard one. Probably today it might be Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, 29, just the secret things belong to the Lord, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever so that we may follow his word. I think that's a great one to live by.
0: That is a very good one and well-memorised as well. So if, if people are not watching the video but hearing the podcast, that was done by memory as well. Uh, favourite place in the UK?
1: I love Edinburgh,
0: okay. truly. It's
1: one of my favourite cities in the UK. I think it is so gothic and beautiful and mysterious and lovely. I've had some great holidays there, but I do love Oxford as well. It's truly my second home. I love the city.
0: my my wife and i met in edinburgh and uh both attended university in edinburgh i went to coroper's christian center when we were um living in edinburgh so um edinburgh beats oxford that's what we heard on the the podcast (laughs) um favorite preacher to listen to
1: oh i mean (laughs) i'm loyal because i just love sitting under vaughan i think he's a fantastic preacher he's Emotionally intelligent, he's so sound. He's, you know, all the right combination of pastoral and theological and wise. And he's such a great boss, a great preacher. And I think when when your pastor knows you, and when your pastor uh, kind of knows the sheep, he preaches well, doesn't he? Because he knows who he's preaching to. So I do love Vaughan's sermons. <laughs>
0: Vaughan's great. I've uh, been to Proctrust Trust. Um... At various conferences and FIC conferences, and, and at each time Vaughn has been fantastic at those. So, um, very much we rate Vaughn as well in in our household. Uh, let me just kind of wrap things up a little bit. I want to be praying for you uh, specifically, and as well as Emu Music. Clearly, a lot going on in your lives, as well as the ministry lives. Um, If people want to encourage emu music, encourage live and others, you can subscribe to their YouTube channel. Um, As mentioned, over 7000 subscribers. Um, I'm guessing most of them are in Sydney. Uh, But let's let's make sure there's plenty here uh, in the UK subscribing. Also, check out their website if you want to support them uh, via prayer or financially. You can do that through the website and also keep an eye out for uh, more music coming out and make sure that you do and subscribe, hear that, listen, share it wherever you can. But if you're okay, I would like to just finish off by praying for you.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Father, we do thank you for this opportunity that we can come together and talk. And Father, we thank you that we've had a conversation and so many things have been shared and discussed. And we praise you for fantastic songs and hymns that speak of doctrines, that speak of theology, that speak of your word that we know is truthful. We know it can be trusted, we know that it will guide us through difficult seasons. Father, thank you for Liv and and for all of Emu Music and all the effort they have put in over this last year to encourage churches to make sure that they are singing and playing and worshipping appropriate songs at this time. Father, we pray for Liv personally, obviously lots going on in her life. We pray that this wedding can go ahead this year, Father, that her and John T can come together in that wonderful union of marriage. and It'll be such a blessing to them. We also pray for her and our family at this time as they continue to grieve, Father, and give them moments of real intimacy together where they can come together and just be a family grieving before you. Father, we do pray for their ministry this coming year. We pray for Emu Music, for their resources. We pray that they'll have enough finances to do everything that you have set before them. We pray that they would know that they have great support and great fellowship around the world. And Father, we do continue to pray for St Ebbs and for that fantastic preaching that Von Roberts does. Father, we pray that you would uplift him, that you would encourage him and that you would encourage all of the staff members to continue in the plan and purpose that you have for them. So, Father, we praise you and thank you for this opportunity to have a conversation. And we pray that it would encourage all those listening in and watching. in. We pray this in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>